0: My name is Cade Courtley, and this is Can You Survive This Podcast? The show is designed to teach you techniques that will increase your chances of survival in any life threatening disaster scenario imaginable. Join me each week as I challenge my guests to see if they have what it takes to get out alive. Knowledge is power, people. Can you survive this podcast? My fellow survivors, if you can hear the sound of my voice, that means you are still alive, and it is my continued mission to keep it that way. Welcome to another episode of Can You Survive This Podcast. I'm your host, Cade Courtley, and our next guest is an American comedian, actor, writer, and producer with numerous film and TV appearances, including Tag, Spider Man Homecoming, Neighbors, Comedy Central's hit series Broad City, Justice League and Adult Swim's The Eric Andre Show, to name a few, and I mean that, just a few. He's written for NBC's Saturday Night Live, as well as 30 Rock, is a favorite on the late night circuit, and has an incredibly successful podcast, Handsome Rambler. Folks, please welcome Hannibal Burris. Hannibal, thank you for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me, man. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good. I'm doing, I'm good. I just got back into Chicago. Hadn't been home for been about four or five months. So it's good to be in my space here and just get the hometown energy and I got different clothes here than I have on the West Coast. I got my Chicago hats and stuff and different, it was like, it's kind of cool. Oh yeah, that shirt, those shirts, that, yeah, I got, it's like get to switch into a a different mode and, and see these things you forgot in these spaces and get reacquainted. So, uh, I landed at, at six in the morning. It's about, was it one now? So yeah, just, it still got that fresh, just got home feeling.
0: Hey, will give us the boots on the ground. What's going on in Chicago, because you got to filter anything you see on TV, anything. And so I'd like, I to, have, hear, I, I'd like to hear, I'd like to hear, I'm here.
1: My boots Oh, shoes, got into my dad's car, and I told him get in the passenger side. So I wanted to drive because I hadn't driven home. Went home, hung out at their place, looked at some old clips. I had my mom had a scrapbook of different old comedy moments of mine stuff, like articles from my first year of comedy. Looked through those. Then I came to my place. So I ain't been in. I don't. I haven't been in motion. I don't know what's going on. I sort of know, but I'm not boots on the ground. I had the same, is there's there's tension. Actually, I got a solid idea. It's a lot going on, man. People are tense.
0: Yeah.
1: Actually, my uncle just went to court because somebody he manages my property out here and somebody a month or two ago, drunkenly just crashed into the building. And so he went to court and then he didn't know it was Zoom court. it's zoom court now is uh, so that's that's what's happening out here zoom court zoom. so Life. do you
0: you got to do like your own perp walk in a jumpsuit on zoom code at your home or is it just like man let's just do I this think
1: you, yeah i don't know what it, it's it's a weird time man zoom court everything zoom is really they've changed things. oh
0: man if i could have bought zoom stock in like november
1: damn. you should get it to undock
0: Oh I, I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. We're gonna get into Miami Knights in a little bit. Man. I can't wait. I thoroughly enjoyed it. But I mean, growing up in a town like Chicago, that's a tough town. How did that impact your life? And have you ever been in a situation where you're like fearing for your life?
1: Yeah. There's been a a couple situations where like legit fear versus I just had to defend myself but and that's more of a pride thing and sure. in the moment but yeah versus like am I about to die here both situations are in high school there's one where I was walking with my friend Reggie and it was a Friday we had hung out at the the Brickyard Mall after school people would go to McDonald's and then go to Funland and play video games or whatever or just walk around the mall because that's what you did. You were 14 or 15 and didn't have money. You just went to the mall and walked around. And we were walking and somebody just hit me in the back of the head with a brick. There was no argument at Funland before. I had no altercation or nothing. It was just pow. And so, and they were trying, they were robbing us. I didn't really have anything on oh, I me. Mean, I had a bus card or something. I wouldn't say I feared for my life, but I did make the choice to kind of just take a knee a little bit where I probably could have, think I could have, I think I could have scraped one of them up, honestly, like if I really like went for it in that moment. But because they hit me with a brick, it was like, I was like, you know what? I just chilled out on that when I was 13 or 14. Then maybe two years later, I saw. So, huh, what grade was this? Yeah, I was in high school. I was with my friend Ken, rest in peace. And we were walking up to his building. He was like fumbling with the keys or whatever. Then this younger kid pulls up on his bike. He's like, give me your money. And Ken's like, I ain't got no money. And just Ken started going to, the, and he's like, give me your watch to me. And I was like, I can't, I don't want to, I don't want to give you my And he like, and then he kind of showed the gun and Ken was really cool. And he just, he just keeps going into the building. And I think he's expecting me to follow him. And I froze up kind of. And so I started fumbling with the watch to take it off. I noticed the kid is smaller than me and he's on the bike and he had put the gun up. And honestly, I, like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to get a watch. So I knew he had the gun up. So I just I punched him. <laughs> and then ran away, ran down a block. Actually, the the building that I ran into. It was like a State Farm or whatever. I ran into the building. That's the building I own now. That that guy crashed into.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> so this used to be an insurance company, and, and now so multiple, like, it has yeah, multiple
1: yeah. Uh, and so now offices in it. Yeah, you're, you're, but call, it's my, you're yeah. calling
0: insurance to deal with. <laughs> you now, yeah, now I'm calling insurance to deal
1: with it. And I, I ran in there after uh, attempted robbery to an insurance office yeah oh, man it's crazy, it's crazy. I mean
0: that's a tough way to grow up dealing with stuff like that, especially when you're thirteen. I mean, damn
1: I don't I mean, I guess it's it wasn't the craziest Chicago could be, though. that's what I compared to, and that's what I know. So my part of Chicago around North Avenue and Austin at like West Side Galewood was at residentials, single family homes and then it was apartment buildings on the end of the blocks, and then other areas had more apartment buildings, so that's where there'll be more crimes. So it wasn't, these situations happened, but it could have been way worse. It was way worse just a few blocks down.
0: So it was just some punks around, you know what I mean? Well, I'm glad you didn't have to dodge bullets. That's good stuff. Did not have to, uh, yeah, I didn't have to dodge bullets. So that kind of upbringing, what was it that brought you to comedy? Was there a moment? Was there an influence? Or it's just like that seems like that would be a cool life to live.
1: I don't think there was a particular moment. I think around my friends, I was cracking jokes and there was always a lot of roasting going on as a teenager. I started doing comedy when I was 19 in college, I went to college at Southern Illinois University, Carbondale, Illinois. And I think there was something in me that wanted to perform, but I was in this entertainment group on campus, Oops Entertainment. So we were doing some performances and then I wasn't doing stand up yet, we were preparing for a play. And I went to an open mic and saw an open mic on campus and then that kind of demystified stand-up, because up until then, I'd only really seen polished stand-up on television. This There was a certain level. But then once I saw the open mic level where people are just, this is people, these are other students like me just trying it out, it showed me I could just try it out also. It's nothing to lose and just giving it a shot. And so then I after giving it a shot, it was an adrenaline rush. I really enjoyed it. And I kept doing it from there. One thing that was great about doing it in a small college town, actually, I was back at my folks looking at news clips, but I was able to get a lot of press in this small town just because you could you only just you just say, "Hey, I'm doing this write about it, and you got to get articles written about you if this, if it's a small, they're thankful that somebody's pitching them <laughs> in those type of situations so because I didn't Start right away in a big city or start in Chicago immediately. I think that helped me learn a bunch of skills that I might not have learned in a different situation, like dealing with media or how to produce a show, put together a show or having access to radio television department equipment and being able to use a camera and film my stuff. And and so I think it was really huge for me for those first two years to be in a college environment.
0: I mean, I can't, I honestly can't think of a job that's more, you're more exposed and vulnerable than stand up. That's huge balls to do something like that, especially you get out there and that deafening sound of silence.
1: No, I don't think it's, I don't think it's like a, a bravery thing. I think it's a, such a need to be understood. And you just, just want to be, you think you got some something to say or something that's entertaining or something that's hilarious or clever or interesting and you just really are willing to risk failure or perceived embarrassment to do that. But when you strip it all away, it's really it's really low stakes stuff. At least in in the States it is. There's some countries where Comedy or or leaking out about certain situations is is a way riskier play. But to be a do it in America is just are you willing to? I guess put your ego or whatever on a, it's just talking in front of people. And I didn't start out with that mind state. And sometimes I slip. This is me kind of looking at it in a in a practical sense. But that's not how I feel like 10 minutes before a show, but that's what it is. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I think it was smart starting in the college environment. Like you said, you learned sort of from the ground up before it just got bigger and bigger. So you probably were carrying a lot of confidence with you when it just started blasting off. Do you even get nervous before you step out? It depends on the
1: situation or the what's happening and it varies. If I hadn't been doing shows for a while, if you're rusty, but then sometimes if if you've been touring or you've been doing gigs and you're just in a good groove creatively and you feel like you're writing stuff, adding tags, and when it's on somebody else's show, just as a special guest, not at all, because there's no pressure on me on the ticket. So sometimes it varies. So it's like popping up on somebody's show, it could be more fun than doing your gig because you get the excitement of popping up and those can be fun. But there's some earlier shows where can be a little nervous or get thrown off easily or it's anything you put time into you just, you grow and you figure out how to navigate situations.
0: You know, a lot of the stuff I used to do in the SEAL teams, it's tell people it's a very perishable skill. If you're not doing it and doing it, like, Doing some sniper work, long-range shooting, things like that. If you don't keep doing it, it goes away. And you're kind of saying the same thing about stand-up. Is it kind of perishable unless you're exercising that muscle on a regular basis?
1: Not completely, because there's still ways to kind of work it without an audience. Obviously, stand-up comedy ideal in front of an audience, but doing a podcast or radio or sometimes making music and just keeping your creative flow going can still be helpful. It's not the exact same, but you still, I think it stays somewhat sharper in a good zone. Yeah, But you you can kind of, timing wise, even if you're able to come out, the timing is something that comes with multiple shows and just like when the, Hit the next joke after the like finding the moment of the laughter almost stopping but not completely to start into another joke and so there can be certain situations or crowds or variables where I'll be doing the same material that I've done in other shows but I'll find a certain pocket and then then it's hidden differently than other shows because I found this zone and so that usually is happening after a couple shows in a run you might find that groove the first show let's just say I'm doing a Thursday through Sunday at the same venue a show every night or let's say one show Thursday two Friday Saturday one Sunday there's a ninety nine percent chance that the Thursday show is not gonna be the best show. Just because even if I was touring, but as if that was a travel day, then you deal um if I traveled the day before or traveled in there to show, then the, you can still do a good show, but it's the but then once you slept in the town or something or you kinda rested and then you you got to walk around a little bit and, and look at some stuff and get some local shit. And, and then you go in Friday do one, and then that second show Friday, then you're on your third one in that place. Then you kind of really hitting a group. It's a different group. The other shows will be good, but it's like a different wave and you'll start that things get a bit snappy for me.
0: Do you recall a time when you're like, man, I really bombed? tonight
1: yeah it's been a lot it's just i wonder if i remember it the same way to like how to aud- if the <laughs> audience if it sticks with them the same way or if they even if it's like oh it's like, it was a comedy show right yeah it happens it's it's some that are worse than others it's been booze or it just it's actually it's worse sometimes when this crowd just starts talking amongst themselves because there's nothing to go off of then you're like, hey, 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 stop t-. Versus if somebody yells something at you, then you can kind of go back at something and try to flip it into you could take a heckle and then make it a whole nother situation about it and try to create some alternate reality where they exist or this. And you make up, you can do all types of if they give you something. But if they're just talking amongst themselves and you just up there, hey, hey, that's the <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst. Because like, we're not even.
0: That's worse than somebody, somebody yelling at you. Yeah, because you're yeah, like, wow, they're catch com- up on our stuff. They're totally blowing me off.
1: <laughs> but yeah, when you do bomb the feel, it does it feels way more important than it is when you bomb. I had a pretty drunken show once at the end of a tour six years ago and that one was a bomb but part of me also is like well that was a a lot of people on that tour got a a good professional show you got a train wreck that's a better story (laughs) I'll be back in town other times over the years and I'll do a solid show but the train wreck show that's a special show you act mad about it but you you kind of have you got that story or maybe not maybe you're like fuck that it depends. It's subjective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like humor. Some people, yeah, the drunk show. That show was bad. Actually, you know it's funny? I see there's some BTS footage we have of it and I watched some of it recently and it was funny kind of seeing Attitude is Altitude because my homie Al Jackson was also on the show. He was opening the show and he was like, we're going to do this. And then this is before before, i mean, I was already kinda like, uh, I don't know. I was iffy already because I was drunk. And I saw that when I watched it a few weeks ago, I was like, Oh, I'd already I'd already lost in the dressing room, but I didn't know it yet, but I did. I saw it. I was like, Oh yeah, of course that guy's about to bomb drunkenly. Maybe there was a, a version where I, you know, power through the drunkenness and still do a cohesive show, but I had already drunk talked myself out of it before I got up there.
0: (laughs) You know, you've been pretty open about, you decided a while back, I'm done drinking. Now, do you feel like that decision as a musician, you were more creative, sober, or maybe less, or a combination? Did it affect you in any way other than, well, probably keep me out of trouble?
1: More creative and just more time. Because you're not spending time recovering from poisoning yourself. So that's just more time for your brain being fresh and then if you're not drinking out and then it's just compounded gained hours over the course of now you're getting back all this because you talk about if you hungover you spent a lot of times drink you spent whatever, four or five hours drinking, then a couple hours on the other side to recover, and then all this other you could have been doing anything with that or working on something or checking on folks or reading. Is yeah. anything besides anything is better than nursing a hangle is the worst. Use of, of time.
0: Well, that makes that oh, I mean it makes sense for anything if all eight cylinders are firing, vice a couple,
1: right? Yeah. So that's what it really was. It was just taken away, and it just took away. I mean, it wasn't just the drinking; it was the other stuff with it. it terrible eating, bad decision making. He was costing money. He was missing flights and and other shit. So it was just it was just like, let me really take a look at the sheet and see. Like, let's do the, this is not, this is not sustainable. It is, but it's at what cost? Are we willing to have this cost do it consistently? Are these drinks that dope? Is there no other way to have fun? I had to really look at it in a cold way. So since then I haven't haven't, had one shot a month and a half ago at my friend's show, they had a show smoking at Church. It's kind of a little jam session, church thing that they started doing quarantine, it's small, you know. And now I got invited to perform at it. It was about five, six people in a studio. And I was nervous. That was my first time being in a room with a few folks that I didn't really know in a while. And I was like, shit, we fucking, we're doing, huh? And they were doing shots, and then I was like, you know what? Then nobody pushed it on me. I was just like, you know what, I'm gonna do one shot just to celebrate being around people again. And I took one shot in the night. And then I took seven more. I broke everything. I was like, <laughs> it was a fucking mess, but you- <laughs> so uh, Destroyed eight, everything. Eight lemon- Destroyed everything, but you yeah. gotta bounce back. <laughs> eight lemon drops, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. No, it was, just, it was yeah, nice yeah. that it meant something. Just that one was like, this is, yeah. it wasn't just because a lot of it times, too, it got to being just drinking because it's there. There was no intention behind it. It was no celebration or purpose. It was just like, oh, I'm drinking because this place has alcohol and yeah. I'm over 21 and I can get it. There was nothing about it. So, mm-hmm. A lot of that was going on for a while, and just yeah, had to cut it out, man.
0: Good on you, man. So Hannibal in 2020. This is your opinion here. Mm -hmm. Greatest of all time: Dave Chappelle, Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor. You only get to choose from those three.
1: For I had to go Chappelle just because I've that's who I've seen live the most, and. Yeah, that's who's been the most active from a stand-up standpoint during, you know.
0: Dude, I am starving for more Chappelle. It's just like top of his game.
1: Yeah, great. And I've seen him do a lot of range of shows. That's one thing that's been... I've seen Chappelle perform in front of 50 people for a couple hours. I've seen him at the comedy cellar for twenty minutes. I seen him in front of twenty thousand people or even at a barn somewhere with a band and he's just operating with the band or on stage with other folks in tandem. So it's seeing him in a lot of different situations performing and to the vibe or shift the vibe and moment. And so many differences, you know what I mean? It's uh-huh. like yeah. yeah.
0: Do you remember the first time you were in front of a camera doing a job, TV film, and you're like, oh all right, was it a natural? Pro per- or you mean
1: just any time just camera.
0: like all right, this is my first acting gig. Here we go. Was it I mean it's different, but if you're doing stand-up, that should be oh, I'm gonna step right in front of that lens, no big deal.
1: You know, I did some student films. I was you playing in grade school. And but yeah, I did some student films and did stuff. I filmed a lot of my shows back when I started, but it was it was also different than too. Was back in two thousand two. If somebody if you, you were filming something, it. Meant something, you know what I mean? (laughs) 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 If you had a camcorder in 2002, people like, "What is going on here? You must be somebody or something." World star, you got a, (laughs) you got a camcorder. (laughs) It's wild looking at those old tapes. I got them digitized. Oh, uh, smart! Looking at those, like, man, it was different back then, and just how even people interacted and seeing even at the shows it's like looking at the audiences in 02, 03 because it wasn't any well it wasn't smartphones back then so that wasn't really a thing you had to combat as far as attention from an audience so you just had to combat them kind of talking amongst themselves but for the most part a polite audience If you if they didn't like you they just kind of just had to sit, they just sat and maybe looked around a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> Cause there was no going into text it or whatever. Step out, but it's nice to look back at the different times.
0: Oh, uh, it's cool. You saved that, digitized it. Entertainment business is tough. It's a tough gig.
1: It's a mixture of timing and and hustle too. Uh, and just reps in activity were college just doing a lot of shows, doing as much as I could there, studying as much as I could about stand up, putting on my own events, not just waiting for gigs, but okay, I'm putting on a show. Cause if I don't, then that's one less show that I'm gonna do. Nobody Nobody gives a shit about your dreams but you, really. You gotta kinda really Push it and hey, I'm doing this. I'd like to perform here. I'm doing this. You should come here. You have to be the driving force behind that early on. And so, at the open mic stage, I was uh, just if it's open mics, I was just trying to do a lot of open mics because that's you know, we're here to perform, so we might as well try to do as many as we can. So, I would do two, three shows a night very early poetry open mics, music open mics. That was just because you that's what it seemed like you were supposed to do. you're supposed to just do as much as you could now, I don't have that attitude anymore at all. Those days are long behind me but <laughs> but especially in New York too, that's why I wanted to move to New York because that's it it's known for people doing you know five. Shows in a night or wow. seven. You could do so many shows. This allows for you to work as hard as you want to work and, and really improve and be around. That's the thing. In New York, you might be at the Comedy Cellar and you Chris Rock pop up. You got to go after Chris Rock or Chappelle. Come through, go up for 45. And it's like, you're next. Now you got to do that. That's a tough spot to perform it. But if you do solid in that spot, after Chappelle at 1 a.m., then you're probably going to be pretty decent on the road when it's your show. Because this is, yeah, it's not, it's stacked for you. So New York kind of creates those those situations. And then I think some some other, I just call some other lucky bounces, man, with just timing and certain gigs coming together and then
0: and, it and, and went from there. Well, don't you think a lot of it is just sort of a not quit? I mean, you look around, when you're early in New York and I bet a lot of those folks aren't there anymore and you're like well I just kept going Outlasting.
1: well even in New York I mean I really didn't get the I wouldn't say my path was easy but I got a lot of movement and different opportunities from the early on and so I think that just kind of convinced me to keep pushing because I always had from the first couple years, yeah, my second year, I got no, yeah, it was, I've been doing stand up a year, and I got invited to the Las Vegas Comedy Festival, some small comedy competition. I went to St. Louis and auditioned for. And I had been doing it a year. I'm like, Fuck, I'm going to Vegas. So to have that, and then every year or so, some type of benchmark like that, kind of really kept me in a good zone. It just felt like a things were supposed to happen
0: hannibal i heard this story and i can't wait to get your angle on it so you were in spider-man homecoming yeah and then you went on to be in tag and so you hired a lookalike to go to the spider-man premiere because you were working on tag is that a true story yeah (laughs) oh tell me more come on where'd you find this guy too he actually
1: worked with me. He was standing for a different shoot for the MTV Movie Awards. So here's what happened. I couldn't go to the Spider-Man premiere. I did want to go. Some people thought it was, just, I didn't want to. No, I just couldn't make it. But it really was, it was kind of burning me up to not be there. <laughs> Cause it was that particular day, it was kind of slow motion on set attack. And we was just sitting around a lot and a lot of doing a scene here and there. But even when you're doing a scene, because it's five of us. Uh, yeah, it's four or five of us in a scene. So somebody better that beat about beat about beat about, you know, you don't. it ain't much work. So I'm like, I'd rather be at the Spider-Man. And so I couldn't just not be there at all. I, was like, I should send somebody to go for me. So I tweet out hey, I need somebody with decent comedic timing to go for a gig. I didn't say the Spider-Man, I just said for a gig today. And then we had a lot of responses to that email. Luckily, Joe, Joe Carroll is his name. He reached out and said, hey, I work with you on an MTV shoot. I said, perfect. Because now I know he's worked on stuff before because this is the Spider-Man premiere. I don't want to have a random person on there. They get on the carpet, go crazy. That's not the type of thing I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to have a little fun, but I don't want to make it weird or uncomfortable for them. So I was excited that Joe reached out. And then I just told him all the info he needed to know, carpet address, sent him the pass. I gave him all the info he needed to get on the carpet. And then he got on the carpet, did one interview as me. He was on Instagram Live, so we were watching him on set at Tag. It was kind of crazy and then it went way wilder than I thought it was going to go in media and press. I didn't think it would Inside Edition showed up at his crib the next day. Like, where was Hannibal? Why wasn't he? It's like Inside Edition? Why are you bothering this man? <laughs> what are you doing? Why y'all so it's, it's the Spider-Man premiere. It's about a guy with a separate identity. He's trying to, and so you made a whole six for a hundred million dollar movie about it why are you acting so crazy that I sent someone else to the movie about a person that got bitten by a radioactive spider <laughs> my thing is way cheaper Well, <laughs> <and> if, if,
0: <laughs> I mean if anything it's going the extra mile to find somebody to represent you there than just blowing it off but apparently they right. didn't see it that way right
1: yeah I might have him just do all my tiktoks
0: perfect man you're giving a whole new meaning to stunt double right
1: yeah maybe you do all my tiktoks and i can't because you know tiktok they say it got all that spyware on it so i can't be on tiktok so stunt double for tiktok
0: that's perfect man and have him do all the
1: dances that i would never do and shit have him hit the whoa have him do all that go 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 it's a lot of trends and stuff who's next all that he'll do it
0: well then yeah, then the Chinese could like break into his bank account and steal his identity instead of yours. So there you go. You should warn him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, do you think the you think they got I mean the Chinese, they do have some they're pretty good at long-term planning. Oh <laughs> um,
0: I I tell you, every second of TikTok is all being stored. Every second of it. So yeah. And you're right. It's a, it's a long game for those guys. Yeah. So uh, you recently did a comedy special for the students at yeah. uh, Cornell university. You did it via zoom in April. Yeah. Do you think zoom is here to stay or is it, let's just wait till the dust settles. Everybody's healthy and get back to face to face entertainment. Maybe both.
1: I think we're in that hybrid zone right now. There's some small live events happening. There's some drive in events. Happening, and I think there's other ways to do a a solid virtual event. I don't think Zoom is. It's not a knock. It's just it's it's a bit limited. And then I think there's better ways to really try to do something and and create an experience, a virtual experience, different rooms and different that type of thing. And even with that, if you have a high just a great design on a virtual event. It's still the face-to-face, like, it doesn't match. It doesn't match. But people, we gotta have something. Because some people are not gonna, even though there is gonna be live events, some folks ain't gonna go for a while. Some folks are not with it. Even as things are loosening, there's still, some folks, nope, I'm sticking, yep. I'm just, yeah. uh, it's I- really... So, yeah, it's crazy how extended this is. I remember thinking in March, like, okay, this is going to be probably three months. And three months seemed
0: long at
1: the time. Oh, this is going to be three months. And even uh, I had some tour dates for fall. And that's how I started thinking. I was like, okay, we're going to be out of about three months. But fall touring? is gonna be crazy. That's how I envisioned everything. Like, okay, everything's gonna be cool in the fall. And because of it, everybody's gonna be touring in the fall. And then all these other secondary cities are gonna get great shows because everybody's trying to tour because everything was canceled March, April, May, June. So Little Rock, Arkansas, all these small towns are gonna get spillover shows and live entertainment is gonna be insane in America through September, October. wrong
0: (laughs) Eh. wrong
1: wrong wrong
0: (laughs) such a punch in the gut but whatever we're strong we will survive we'll get through this i had the pleasure of watching your new comedy special miami nights last night awesome talk to me about miami nights tell the folks a little more about it you decided to go ahead you know what i'm putting this on youtube and it's free for the folks.
1: It is free. Thank you, man. Yes, my favorite comedy special out of the five. It's the one that took the most time, and then I didn't really, it was no outside influence or pressure on it, meaning I didn't have to deliver it by this because it wasn't signed to, it was just produced internally. So, yeah, man, it was great to work on. Chris Merck is an amazing director, Ruder was editing. And I got Chris Merck to direct just because he hadn't directed any comedy specials. He did commercials, short film, music videos. So because of that, I knew it wouldn't look like anything else in the comedy space. I knew there's no way he's not going to copy what's been going on. So that was it, man. I shot it twice. I shot it one time. Made a bad choice in venue and some other production issues happened. And after we edited, I just couldn't put it out. Like, this is not quite the right energy. The crowd didn't feel right that night. So I didn't really want to make that permanent because then it makes, like, I didn't feel good about the night. Then it's kind of me kind of freezing that forever. And I was like, nah, I can't have that feel. And so, Then I went on another tour in late July, August, to do it again in Miami, August 10th. It was great. It really pops. I just like the energy of it. And just it is a combination of a lot of the stuff I've been trying over the years with other specials. And now it is just a lot of things I've learned from a production standpoint and, how to pull off different ideas versus there was a time where I would have a certain crazy idea in my head, but not know how to articulate it to other people to make it real. It was just kind of, it was certain things. I can't even put my finger on one, but now I kind of really know how to develop concepts and tell other people what I'm trying to do with something or change my bits. Into, and so that's why it, I'm really hyped about it. i Excited about the reception it's getting, and I, I think it's uh, I'm excited for it to be around and for people to get high and watch it. Well, right. not, but, I, but I've heard that the high or, or tripping experience while watching it is, is different.
0: Well, I thought it was outstanding. I really enjoyed it. Folks, YouTube, Miami Nights, check it out. Hey, Hannibal, we do something on this show called Hypothetical Survival World. And what we do That's with what this. I thought the whole interview was going to be. Oh, we're getting into it. <laughs> we're, we're, we're getting into it right now. Our folks needed to hear more about you, but I'm going to drop... I thought
1: it was going to be only... I was like, what is... I was like, this podcast, they're pulling a switcheroo right now. This is an interview
0: podcast. <laughs> oh, we're saving the, we're, we're saving the best for looking last. looking over
1: your shoulder like seeing a Navy SEAL's seekers to survive in any disaster. I'm like, this is... Uh, He flipped it. He's just asking me questions. Where are these guns in
0: your head questions? Man, I had to warm you up. I think you're ready to roll. So here's how this works. I'm going to throw you right into a hypothetical survival situation. All right. And you're going to be able to choose A or B in a series of events that happen. It's kind of like the old choose your own adventure books. So if you make the right choice, you get plus 10 points. You make the wrong choice, that's minus 10 are you ready for your hypothetical survival situation? Okay. Alright, here we go. Hannibal. This is perfect. And do
1: you need quick answers or is it is it rapid fire or is it
0: you know, I'll let you think about think it. On it. Okay, yeah, think, about think on it. it okay, yeah, Yeah, and then you'll just say, All right, All right, I'm committed to A or B. So here right. we go. Here we go. Hannibal Burris, you have just gotten back from being on the road. Yeah. You get back home. What city? You're back in Chicago, just like you are right now. How long was my flight? Uh, You were in L.A. You were out in L.A. for a while, so you just got back to Chicago. You've been on the Uh road. You just got back to Chicago. The cupboards are bare. It's about 9 p.m. And you say, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go to the grocery store, fill the cabinets, get some stuff. So you're at the grocery store again, 9 p.m. You've been there for about 20 minutes, and all of a sudden you hear bang, 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 bang. Oh shit. Congratulations. Chaos ensues. People are screaming and scattering. You are in the middle of an active shooter situation in the grocery store. What are you going to do? Here we go. All right, Hannibal. Choice number one. Are you going to go ahead and just stay put where you're at? Got your cart there. Or are you going to hit the deck and start crawling? Okay. You only hear gunshots. You don't see anything. I only
1: hear gunshots. You
0: hear gunshots. You hear screaming. You see people running around. You're just going to stay put or you're going to hit the deck and crawl.
1: So, and I can't, it's just, hear them, I can't kind of, Is there's only gunshots, there's no voices.
0: That's all you're hearing right now. And you only get to choose between these two in this hypothetical situation for choice number one. One out of ten, by the way.
1: So, I can't say that I would... Everybody get on the ground. Because that would be my move. I would act like I'm the shooter, fake out the shooter. <laughs> he has an identity crisis, disarm <laughs> him, and then a cinnamon roll for everybody. So since that's not an option, I would stay put.
0: Okay. So what I tell people, and most people aren't used to being in a situation when they start hearing gunshots in the after-shooter situation. I always tell people, if you find yourself in that situation, you only got to think about one thing get down and move. Why? Smaller target and a moving target, both of which are harder to hit. So that would be my recommendation is to hit the deck and move.
1: I didn't tell you my character is suicidal and was looking
0: for a way That's all right. That's all right. All right, you're minus 10, but you've got nine more opportunities to get yourself up and in the positive. All right. All right, so you... Start crawling and moving. You're in a low position. All right, so here's the deal. Right next to you, it's a big rack of potato chips. Or about 20 feet behind you is one of those self-standing freezers. So are you going to hide behind that rack of potato chips, or are you going to low crawl and get behind that big self-standing freezer?
1: Do the potato chips' noisiness play into this at all, or the bag... Well, Ruffling, that's not even what you're thinking about no. with the question. I'll, I'll give okay. you. A, I'll give you a hint. <laughs> uh,
0: I'll, 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 I'll give you a hint. You're still hearing gunshots. It hasn't stopped. Bang! 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 Rack of potato chips. Big cell standing freezer. I'm shooting out the lights. <laughs> well, you don't have a gun yet, but that might be an option. Oh, I don't have a gun. No, oh, okay. all you got is shopping right. cart, and you left that thing behind when you started crawling. So you're going to hide behind that rack of potato chips or another 20 feet behind that self-standing freezer. Hmm.
1: I'm going to... Well, if I get in the freezer...
0: No, it's not in a freezer. It's one of those self-standing ones. like standing like freezer. Yeah, it's like in the middle of aisle. Oh, okay. Then yeah. I
1: get, I'll go by the freezer, yeah.
0: Hell yeah. And you know why you're going to do that? Potato chips don't stop bullets. That freezer right. will. So that's what we call the difference between concealment Hiding, but bullets don't stop it. And cover, hiding, bullets do stop it. You're back. So that's uh, well done. All right, so you're back to zero because we give you a plus 10. All right, so it's just like you start off. Here we go. So you're behind that, and the shooting continues. Again, you hear people screaming in agony, the kind of sound you hear when somebody's injured. So this is getting Uh, bad. All right, so are you going to stay down behind that freezer or are you going to try and take a peek and find out where the source of this the gunfire is? What's the source of the gunfire? Or I'm just going to stay down. And I'm stay talking. Down. I'm talking a peek. All right. So you can stay down or try and find out where's it coming from.
1: I feel like okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, I gotta. I got a plan for my if I'm going to make my next move. So I need to get a lay of the land and see where. I want to take a quick peek. Absolutely. I might even like stick my phone out a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And take some video around the corner.
0: And, you know what I mean? You know what? And that is, that's awesome. All right. So here's why you want to take a peek and just stay staying put. If you're just going to mm-hmm. stay put, you know, you've heard of fight, flight, freeze. Man, mm-hmm. if you're in a life threatening situation and going away because you froze, that sucks. That is not a cliche way to die. But yeah. <laughs> if you take a peek, you're gonna wanna find out, okay, where is this asshole? Because I'm gonna need to try and move in a different direction. The idea of taking your phone and almost using it like a periscope, that's brilliant. Because what are you doing? Instead of exposing this, you're just exposing that. Great idea, that's awesome. That's a, I should almost give you another plus. I'm gonna give you another plus 10 for that because that's awesome. Hey! All right, so you're plus 20. Here we go. All right. So you don't see the gunman, but you hear screaming coming from the front entrance. So the front entrance is only about 100 feet away from where you are. Or there's a rear entrance that's about 300 feet away from where you are. So are you going to go ahead and go to the closest way to get the heck out of there, even though you see people that are hurt up there? Or are you going to say, I'm going to go for... Three times the distance, but what I think is in the opposite direction. But then you don't know where this guy is now. You're just hearing screams and gunshots.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm going to r- uh, go away from the shot, people. Absolutely. All right. He's shown that he's good in that zone. That's a hot zone for him. Yep. yep. He's like really angry there. He knows the space. He's familiar with the lighting a little bit, and he's done some work there. So I got to if I'm going to die, he's got to be in unfamiliar territory for him.
0: Absolutely. So, yeah, you know that there is carnage up front by the front and you know, that's where you heard the gunshots initially. So there is a presence there. But even though it's t- three times as far that appears to be clear to you it might not last but absolutely not going toward the danger zone or what we call the x but getting away from it build that distance away from where you've seen this all go down so you go ahead you crawl towards the rear of the grocery store you find yourself in the area where there's the storage and there's the butcher section and all that and you try the rear exit it's chained damn this guy or guys chained the rear exit So they've been planning this thing, all right? And they're probably looking at making this a massacre. So do you do, A, try and find something to pry open that rear door that's chained, or B, grab some of the butcher knives that are there in that section. Try and pry that rear chained door open or grab some butcher knives. You only get gotta
1: gotta try to break the chain.
0: Okay. Here's why I would say grab some butcher knives, because number one... To break the chain or just No, to... nah, no, and this will be as a self-defense. And, oh, okay. Yeah, here's why I'd suggest this. If they took the time to chain that shut, there might be some asshole right outside of there that's part of this. Or B, yeah. all right, here I am. I'm going to be better off with a couple knives than my bare hands, except you showed skills with your bare hand against a guy with a gun already. So we'll see how that works, but I would suggest let's get something that I can use potentially if I'm going to face this guy. So I would suggest See, the butcher knives. Is this just an elaborate commercial
1: for Instacart? <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, there's, there's
1: the whole time I'm thinking, this is why I don't go to the grocery stores. Yeah. You so today's uh, hypothetical survival system.
0: world is brought to you by Grubhub. <laughs> 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 All right. That's okay. You're still plus 20. Here we go. So you've got these two butcher knives. Are you going to go to the walk-in freezer and hide in there, or are you going to try and stash yourself behind some supplies in there and hope they don't find it? I'm
1: throwing one of my knives.
0: Not yet. Uh, but maybe later.
1: I think, mean, see, man. You know what? You know what this podcast could use? You need the visual. You need a diagram. Some three, I need to see the room. Because <laughs> if it's either or, I need to see this room.
0: Because
1: yeah. then there's other factors. And if you, your guy, the whoever the robber is or the killer, I got to see the build. Because then I'm like, oh, I could, oh, look at him. He's favoring his left. Then I'm going to go, t- I'm going to juke him up and get past him. So, yeah, that's the next level for the Can You Survive This podcast. It's like G.I. Joe visuals. Done. or a lego situation
0: <laughs> um. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll, get, we'll get some a, some action figures and no problem but for right now here you are okay. you're, in, you're in the back of the grocery store
1: i'm in mean, the back of the grocery now store. you can go How ahead square feet is this group? all right yeah you can you go ahead
0: you can move to the freezer it's big mm-hmm. you've seen those big walk-in freezers or yeah. you can stash behind i don't know a thing of potatoes
1: Okay, seems like this is a pattern. I'm gonna go with freezer.
0: Absolutely. The freezer's reinforced. There's a good chance you can latch it and lock it from inside. So you're gonna put yourself in the best possible fortification, given what you got. Vice him rolling through, maybe seeing you behind, thing of supplies and just being like, Pop. so you're back plus 30. All right, keep the trend going here. All right, so you barricaded yourself in this freezer. You've locked the door from the inside. It's been over an hour, though. So basically what's Am happening... Am I here, wearing sandals? Yeah. How are my feet? You are in How a t-shirt, t-shirt, shorts, and a pair of sandals,
1: all right? Have I pissed myself already for warmth?
0: Not yet. But...
1: Okay.
0: Here's the deal. You continue to hear shots being fired, but it's been over an hour. So what you can assume is, all right, the police are treating this as a hostage situation, and trying negotiation by just sending somebody dynamically in to take care of this. So that hour you spent in that freezer, you are knocking on the door of hypothermia. All right? So, given the fact that time has passed, it doesn't sound like the cops are ready to do anything quickly, what are you gonna do? Hypothermia, but then again you know there's a guy out there intent on killing people. Are you gonna slowly get out of that freezer Or are you going to stay put, given what's going on with your core temperature, nose diving?
1: I'm going to go out into the freezer. If he shoot me, the bullets will heat me up. (laughs) It'll bink. And I'll just take the heat. It'll go off the ice. And then he'll be be like, what? And then pow. That's when I got him. I I have a knife. Now you go in the freezer. Perfect. Cinnamon rolls for everybody.
0: Perfect. So... This is kind of Cinderella the way I look at it. Cinnamon
1: rolls and Adwala juice. Okay. What were the two options again?
0: All right. So you are going to leave the freezer.
1: Leave the freezer? Or
0: you are going to stay put, realizing that your core body temperature is plummeting. Again, it's been an hour now. You've been in this thing for an hour.
1: Yeah, you got to get out of there for a little bit.
0: Absolutely. Look, this is the way I you look at it. Yeah, throw
1: your voice a little bit. I'll get out, then i throw my voice to somewhere else. <laughs> if he goes there.
0: I ah, he went
1: over there. And then try to make a move.
0: Look, I mean, at the end of the day, do you want to die fighting or are you going to freeze to death? I, right. I know which one I'm going to choose. I got a feeling you do too. So you decide, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and leave this safe haven because I am frozen. So you slowly open mm-hmm. the door and what do you see about 15 feet in front of you? You see the gunman with his back to you. Yeah. And you go ahead and you're like all right what am i gonna do am i gonna go back in the freezer try and ride out this cold or am Reverse i gonna
1: kick him in the nuts kick or... him in the nuts buddy, home alone style
0: buddy you got two butcher knives so what are you gonna do back into the freezer double
1: stab into the back so turn gonna... him <laughs> around elbow right into the chin take the gun Hit him with the gun butt. Say, you fuck with the wrong store. I just got off the road, motherfucker. These are my first gigs in two years. And I just wanted to come get some goddamn cinnamon rolls and i wallet juice and you here shooting people. Gun butt. <laughs> and then I called the last contact in his phone. bro said, you ain't got with a piece of shit.
0: Fuck. So you- promo
1: code Hannibal for Instacart.
0: So, <laughs> so you're going full Wu Tang. You're gonna you're gonna go after this guy. You're like it's on.
1: I mean, I would. That's the fantasy version of it. I think in that moment, I would be more calculated and really think, And so I think, yeah, double stab, steal the gun, double gun butt, gun butt, elbow, and then if there's like one of the people that's been shot. But they're kind of hurting But they're still alive i drag him over To one of the people he hurt And then Let them spit Blood in his mouth <laughs> And then I'd blow his brains out Perfect And then go talk to the nudes.
0: Alright so This is back to the Are you going to die on your feet Or not So you go ahead yeah. and you decide You know what you take this guy out awesome you go ahead and you grab his gun but you hear you didn't realize this he had a buddy in there that's part of this thing too you start hearing this voice yelling hey you okay you okay you're like damn so you grab his gun what do you do do you head over and try and hide yourself and take him out are you like you know what i'm gonna shoot this back door and get the hell out of this damn grocery store so go ahead and hide and try and get ready to ambush gunman man number two, or say it is time to leave. I'm going to blow that chain off and get out of here.
1: I'm on a hot streak. I just I'm a, I'm full of rage. I gotta I gotta keep going. Shooters keep shooting. I already took out his buddy. Fear is flowing through him. I have momentum. I have taken over the vibe of the room. So I'm going after him and he better not be by the potato chips.
0: <laughs> Look, I appreciate it. I do. And that's awesome. And that's kind of what I do too. But if you're dealing with fights and maybe die or flight and have a really good chance of living, you got to think about, man, do I want to see my family again? There's the hero thing and I get it, but there's also the man, I can be out of the situation in 10 seconds. And in that particular situation, even though you're a total baller, I would say, get out of the situation. Let's get the hell out of here. Let's shoot that chain off that back door and exit this grocery store from hell.
1: But you're, I mean, you're asking me these, like, in the situation, I'm full of murder. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not that reasonable.
0: I know, but you're trying to survive.
1: I know. I'm trying to, su- okay, I got you, but... I don't Um, know. I think. I think. Even if that's the right decision, I think the recent murderer is like, "I'm gonna get you too. (laughs) You're gonna (laughs) die too. Where you at?
0: You made me. You made me freeze my nuts off for an hour.
1: (laughs) Is he by Is he Honey buns? I
0: like him more well Hannibal we'll save that for your next movie but in hypothetical survival world I'm going to recommend you know what let's get the hell out of here while we got a little window of opportunity so here you go here's the last one
1: fake leave it's a fake leave I'm out of (laughs) here I'm out of here you know what I prefer life (laughs) I won't sink to the level of a common criminal I've already murdered his friend I won. I'm leaving, and then turn around. Psych! (laughs) Ah.
0: Hero. All right, here's your last one.
1: What a switch!
0: The last one. Ready? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So you shoot the chain off that back door, and you're able to head on outside. Now, you don't know what's on the other side of that back door, though, because they took the time to chain it. Are you gonna exit? And the
1: police out there—it's the Chicago police—and they think that I'm the guy. <laughs> Hannibal Burris murdered by Chicago police. No, he saved us. Oh, wait, no!
0: No, but Damn you got this. You already have. You already have this one. You're gonna head out that door with that rifle, or you're gonna drop that weapon and walk out, hands up. You already have it. What do you do?
1: Oh, yeah, I dropped, the, I dropped
0: the rifle. Hell, yeah, because you nailed it. Folks, if you're ever in a situation like this, law enforcement probably doesn't have any idea what the hell is going on inside, who started it, who's involved. The last thing you want to do is survive the situation. You go out with a weapon, and you get capped. That would be bad. So, excellent. You go out, drop the weapon, hands up.
1: First black dude out of a hostage situation, no matter what, is, is probably a tough go for a hostage situation. Uh, like, I probably have to radio out first. I probably have to send some tweets before I even make myself visible. Like, hey, it is I. I can't just run out. I got to call 311 or some shit or something. Like, for real. Before I, yeah.
0: Man, you did awesome though. And you had some really great points, especially the one, folks, where you, you can use that cell phone and throw the camera on and see what's going on without exposing yourself. That was a bonus 10 points for you. You finished up with a plus 50. That's very honorable. And even more so, you survived this podcast. Thank you so Thank much. Hello Burris, you, you were awesome. Hey, folks, the best way to support our show is to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. You can also check out our YouTube channel for video content of all of our episodes. So ring that bell to subscribe, and if you have any survival questions you want answered, just leave it in the comments so you can be a survivor, not a statistic. Thanks again, Hannibal Burris. you were amazing. You are a survivor. Really appreciate your time, man. Be safe. This is Cade, out.
1: Peace, Cade, thank you.
0: Can You Survive This Podcast is a Cavalry Audio Production. Recorded live from The Bunker in Denver, Colorado. Hosted by me, Kate Courtley. Produced by Brandon Morgan and Kate Cortley. Associate producer is Jeff Apple. Executive produced by Keegan Rosenberger and Dana Brunin.